Hi, this is Nikki Beauchamp, Global Real Estate Advisor at Engel Volkers in New York City. For 25 years, you've been coming to Inman events to connect. Now Inman is coming to you June 2nd through June 4th. Learn more about Connect Now at Inman.com. Hi, this is Brad Inman with my daily dispatch. I'm super excited today to have someone who I actually go way, way back with. I didn't realize until we had our pre-call. And that's John Mazer, the CEO of, of HomeSnap. John, how are you today? I'm doing great, Brad. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, John and I were just commiserating that back in the day, I had a company as a video um, producer network, a global network that we operated off the internet to to deliver shoots. And John, you were with uh, Reach Local, right, back in the day? We were with Reach Local, and we used uh, Turn Here uh, in everywhere from Louisiana to London. It was a hell of a product. Yeah, we had we had a lot of fun. Those were fun days. Yeah, it's kind of like now, right, John? We're we were pioneering that then, and thanks to COVID, I don't want to say thanks ever to COVID, but I just said it. Um, a lot of innovation and pioneering going on, and I know you're doing some of that, which I want to hear about at HomeSnap. But also, before we do that. Um, you've got some great data, and particularly around agent sentiment. Um, could you just take some highlights and, and just run with it here? If I have a question while you're doing it, I'll, I'll interrupt you, but just some really interesting information that you've, you've unpacked with, what do you have, like 60,000 agents in your network? Is that right? Or do I have the number right? Yeah, so we have, actually, we have over a million agents with access to HomeSnap Pro, and, and uh, we have over... 600,000 registered users and uh, over 200,000 monthly active users. But one of the things that uh, we've done for over a year is something we call the agent sentiment index. And we've never gone public with it, uh, but we felt during this time with some of the trends in the data that we should start doing that. So it's still um, a young index, but we're kind of excited about what it does because we think it's a little unique and it, it essentially measures agents views by polling them every month uh, within the app. How are they feeling about the market compared to the previous month? Are they more optimistic? Are they more pessimistic? Or do they think things have kind of stayed the same? And so kind of obviously of the housing market. Exactly. Well, tell, and, us, tell us what they're saying now. I mean, I hate to hear it, but hit, hit me. with <laughs> How are they doing? I worry about my agents because they're my your customers, my customers, our readers, and uh, you know, I believe for them every single day, good and bad times. What are they telling you? Well, uh, yeah, they are our customers, and I love agents. I think they're some of the the most uh, courageous entrepreneurs around. And you know, what what we saw is that from February to March, optimism really took a hit. Um, and went from um, essentially 45% of the market in February agents saying, I'm optimistic about the future of, of my business uh, going forward. It dropped in March to just under 19%. Um, at the over- end of March? That was the end, yeah, it, the end exactly. of March. So they exactly. start feeling the pain or the worry or the anxiety of COVID? Or do you think they're actually seeing it in their business that early? I think it was a combination of both, um, but I, I do think um, you know anybody that reads paper or watches TV can get some fear, but I think they were actually seeing, uh, agents are, are, are pretty objective about this stuff. I think as we all saw that huge drop, uh, you know, listings were down almost 40% um, w- within the month of March. And I think they saw that and I think they became very pessimistic, but 
the good news is, is we, we, we expected that to continue, but in April, we're already seeing that uh, uh, tick back up, which I think is, is, is you know, really good news. Um, and we're seeing that in, across all markets. We're not just seeing that in areas that weren't hit by COVID-19. The, the one thing I will tell you, though, that was very interesting in the data is we saw a real bifurcation between agents um, with more than five sides uh, in the market year to date and agents with less than five sides. And the lower productive agents uh, remain much more pessimistic. And to us, and we've been putting this into our content, it's really important that teams and brokerages and also other agents are checking in on agents that aren't doing as much business and making sure they're not, you know, fulfilling a prophecy in their head that they can't come out of this, not just surviving, but thriving. Let me ask you a question, John. I suspect those agents, those least productive, and there's probably a new cohort of them, right? COVID agents, we'll call it. Uh, we call it the COVID correction, the COVID, let's call it the COVID agents, all of these agents. The ones that weren't producing that many sales before COVID-19 probably weren't, their misery index is pretty high anyway, because they probably weren't earning enough to, to pay their own rent or their own mortgage. I mean, the industry's always been bifurcated, but have you seen a more like downcast sort of view by those agents even now? I guess even worse, right? Yeah, we have, unfortunately. Uh, but I think it's an opportunity too. I mean, one of the big things, and you know, we talk to agents every day and we learn from agents every day, and it, it's clear to me the agents that have the mindset, this growth mindset that, you know what, shit's changing and I am going to change with it. Um, yeah. They have a fresh new start in this business. And I think for lower productive agents, you know, this is also an opportunity for you. You're going to have to change kind of how and what you do, but this is an opportunity because there's a lot of change going on. Um, so I think that's interesting. The other thing in the data that we're seeing, I don't know if we pass this to you, but we can, but we also track... Um, the um, amount of communication that agents are having with their clients, sending invites out, messaging. And we've seen that decline over the past couple months. And that kind of bums me out. Um, and I know it's easy to isolate, but, you know, at HomeSnap with our own business, one of the tenants that we find just required is that everyone has to stay connected. You know, you were telling me you do two, three of these a day. I mean, you know the impact on you and kind of your outlook when you're staying connected with people. And I would really encourage, I've talked to so many agents that are not trying to sell current clients or prospective clients, but especially with their, with, uh, their sphere, checking in with them, you know, giving them some data about how the market's doing. It, it goes such a long way. People love- well, John, I, This podcast, just to use that as an example, it it's like my therapist, you know, if I didn't have this, I might be going nuts, you know, so right now, instead of worrying about the world, I'm focused on John. And, but the second thing is, it's a great time to listen. And um, I noticed on my Zooms, I was just projecting and, and uh, who said this to me, John Payton at Realogy, he mm -hmm. talked about phase one of COVID was to get on and broadcast, broadcast, broadcast. And then his phase two now with these customer Zoom meetings is listen, listen, listen. And I, I just thought that was a powerful message. So I've been trying to change when I, you know, show out a broker Zoom meeting to, to try to get them to tell me more. Because like these, I, I'm learning so much now. I didn't know John. And now I know you. And it's powerful. I mean, I am just smarter thanks to that. Let's move to some other. Do you have any consumer data that you could share? 
or do you not regularly collect that? And anything that you might have, particularly from the MLS data that you can share, this not so, um, yeah, I mean, we, we do, we, we do share, we, we do have consumer data. We don't share it publicly, but we do kind of match it with kind of the trends that we see in the marketplace. And I mean, again, it's, it's really important to have high integrity. Like our data scientists have worked for a year on this uh, agent uh, sentiment index. But so, you, you know, I don't think that th th this is at the level that we're ready to index it and share it. However, what I will tell you is, is that kind of when we sit around the table, and we talk to agents, we talk to consumers, uh, you know, every single day, what we're seeing and kind of our, our prediction is, is that, you know, on the positive side, interest rates are low and we think they're going to remain low. And I think everybody knows that. Right. So it's going to cost you less. And I think that that's going to spur consumers to uh, kind of fuel this rebound. I would say on the negative side it's probably true that incomes are gonna get hit out of this for a lot of people. Um, and you know that's not gonna recover as quickly. We think it will recover, but it's gonna take some more time. So you got low interest rates on the positive side, but you got folks that are gonna get hit on the income side, maybe you know one person in the household lost their job. And I think, and we think that this is going to kind of land in the near term in favor of the buyer that it's gonna be kind of a buyer's market, that we're gonna see more supply. The other interesting trend from- that, uh, John, that question, you know, we've been, I just interviewed uh, Steve Baird and an agent yep. in Chicago, and Steve said that um, prices are holding up except luxury. Zillow, you know, their, their stats just came out. They're only talking about a two to 3% decline yep. in, in average. So nothing like, is it, the current state of affairs, there's little softening. You're saying into the future is where we'll see the softening. Is that correct? I think right. so. I think it's going to be a little uh, elongated. I do think it's going to be, as we talked about before we got on, this checkmark recovery. And we're seeing it. Uh, I mean, look at Texas. I mean, the recovery that we're seeing in Texas is, is, is pretty impressive. New York and Philadelphia. That. I'm not aware of that. What's going on in Texas? You're, you're seeing a, a, a pretty nice rebound in uh, new listings coming onto the market and in transactions from the low point where in other markets like New York and Philadelphia, we're still seeing that, you know, things are kind of Probably. flat. Yeah, it, exactly. So tell me, tell me, who do you think the profile is? And I assume my readers know, I don't, but what is the profile of a seller now? Like I need liquidity. Uh oh, I better sell before prices come down. Um, is there, is there, obviously there's, there's probably more divorces now because people are not really digging their spouses, but, um, what, what, what do you think's going on with, uh, that thing in Texas? I mean, that, that's a good signal, right? In other places it that is. open up, we're probably going to see an uptick, which is a lot of people in the industry have been saying. It is. And I mean, we saw that trend too, uh, you know, outside of the U S as well. And if you, you know, go look at China, even though it's a different market and you look at Italy, you see kind of this bottom and this coming back out. I think, uh, and people think maybe I'm too simplistic on this, but um, I think, and I listen, I listen to our data scientists on everything. They're much smarter than I'll ever be. But um, the profile of a seller is somebody who needs to sell. And there's a number of reasons, and that's not going to change. Life is still going to go on. The question is, are they willing and can they sell uh, at, a, at a price that works for them? I will tell you one interesting bit of data that we're seeing is that a lot of, and you know this, over the past three, four years with the you know, Airbnb economy and people owning second and third houses, 
If incomes do get hit, I think a big driver of the excess supply in the market will be a lot of people saying, you know what, I don't know if I have the cost, uh, the income anymore to carry these second and third houses. And I think that you will see a lot of people you know, saying maybe we should get rid of those. And of course, we're only talking about people that have the means that have multiple houses, but a lot of business owners too, that were buying properties for investment, buying properties for Airbnb. If demand is hurt, that could, you know, create more supply. But I do believe this is all going to come back. And I believe, you know, we believe that agents, as you said, we want them to keep the right mental state. We want them to use this opportunity to be open to change and do new things. Uh, you know, you and I talked about this omni-channel agent thing. I'd love to talk about that. But, um, you know, it's about coming out of this thriving, not surviving, uh, because we will come out of it. Hi, this is Sherry Chris. I'm excited to be coming to your home soon. For 25 years, you have been coming to Inman Connect. Now Connect is coming to you. Find out details at Inman.com. Yeah, it's interesting. There's also a thesis that like I have a rental, a home in LA that I always use as second, third home, whatever you want to call it, but it's, we decided to rent it. And it's a little home. It's only 1,200 square feet, 1927 Spanish in a cool neighborhood, West Hollywood. When we first put it on the market, we get, you know, one or two inquiries a week. This is back in February, January. And now we're getting 10 a day. And you know why that is? Wow. We, think, we don't really know. The realtor, Steve, and I have been trying to figure out with my wife, Yaz, and we think it's because single family homes are in favor now in a yep. little yard and people are feeling, you know, squeezed in, in dense situations. And I'm just wondering, even it might be like someone was telling us today, a realtor in San Diego, he's never had so many transactions. And I remember back 1978, it was the worst winter ever. And it was the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, I think, was in San Diego. And everybody in Buffalo and everywhere else was freezing to death. And there's, there is proof statistically of the migration to California after that horrendous winter. Yep. So I'm wondering if there are some second home markets Without where doubt. actually people may flock to. Uh, maybe it won't be you know, in the Redwoods of Sonoma where it's cold and rainy, but it might be to these, I don't know. I'm just speculating. It'd be interesting. No, I think you're right. I think you're right on about that. You know, it's interesting to go a little off topic. I was uh, and have such respect for Airbnb, and I think their model's incredible. Um, I was a little shocked. I know that they unfortunately had to announce big layoffs yesterday. Um, but what's interesting to me is when I talk to my employees, you know, they're like, "I'd rather stay in an Airbnb going forward than in a hotel with, you know, with a hundred other people." And I actually think that that market, like you said, is not only, it is gonna come back. And I think business travel, I'd love to stay at your place in West Hollywood the next time I'm yeah. in LA. But people are gonna to wanna to be this you know, is in, in a more isolated place. I think so. But this is where we don't also know. You know so I'll just give you my own bias. Yeah, I love it. Done Airbnb, big, a good guy, worked as, for me a turn here, started um, Hotel Tonight. You know, I love that whole crowd of people. They're such innovative. Yep. And the, Brian, those cats are so, so innovative. But see, I would rather be in a hotel right now than, and assuming it's not too densely populated. Airbnb makes me nervous. I don't know, just being in someone's house. I don't know why. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. I, I kind of worry about Airbnb, but you, like you say, it's, it's a model. 
It's just whether hospitality is going to come back. Exactly. I mean, business travel, you know, the, the market cap of Zoom is greater than all the airlines. Anyway, uh -huh. off topic. Hey, John, let me ask you, um, tell me about Homes, HomeSnap. I think you brought a bunch of fresh energy to that company. I think some in the industry had hoped that you guys would be positioned to maybe challenge the dominance of Zillow. And now we're looking at Realtor.com, maybe struggling, uh, but, you know, new leadership, I'm sure they'll be fine. Where do you fit into that ecosystem of the portals? Because you're not a portal like I think of as a portal. Right. How would you, who's your competitor? How do you see the, how do you see the competitive landscape? Yeah, so it's, it's, that's a great question. You know, a, a lot of people, and I'll be honest, say to us, like, you think that you all are going to beat Zillow and Realtor? Are you crazy? We're not trying to. I mean, we're really focused, and I know this, this is not designed to sound cliche, but uh, HomeSnap and the founders who are still involved that, um, that built this company are really mission-driven. And they're just like, we love agents. Agents are the center of the universe of this industry. And let's build great effing software to make them more successful. Yep. And one of the keys to that is having a consumer experience that is pure and clean that doesn't have advertising all over it, that follows fair display guidelines. And, you know, the broker public portal, which, you know, is powered by homesnap.com, is very simply just that. It's a response to a lot of the things that agents are frustrated with uh, that they see on Zillow and Realtor. And I think that they're great. I mean, they're amazing companies. But when a consumer is going to look for a house that's listed by an agent, they should be able to talk directly to that listing agent. They shouldn't get bombarded with follow-up you know, uh, calls and, and emails about uh, from other agents. And so our mission is really to not only create operating software for agents that does what they want it to do, not what, you know, VCs want it to do, not what Wall Street wants it to do, their brokerage wants it to do, what they want it to do, and connect it to a consumer portal that is clean, that's powered by MLS data. And, and so that's our place in the world. Are we as big? as is Zillow a realtor? Not even close. But yeah. you know what? We're going to be around for a long time because I feel like we're on the side of right about what we're doing. And, sure. I, and you see that in our user data. When a consumer does uh, look for their home and go through the home process on HomeSnap, they spend a lot of time. And a lot of our traffic comes from agents inviting their clients to do the home search on HomeSnap. That's great, John. Hey, let me ask you a question. Are you category? Do you think of yourself like with investors? Are you because these SaaS software companies, some of them are just doing really well. <laughs> a lot of guys I know in the real estate sector are doing really well. Yep. And a lot of people predicted, you know, they may suffer because the agent pocketbook shrinks and they shrink. And so that might happen to them eventually. Are you a enterprise SaaS B2C? How do you explain that to to? Yeah, others? great question. We're, we're vertical software for agents. I mean, yeah. we are not that complex. We yeah. exist to make agents successful. So it's, it's, it's agent SaaS, it's agent software. I mean, gotcha. that's all that we do. And, gotcha. and the, the key is, is that we're, you, you can't have software that an agent can run and grow their business on if it's not connected to a consumer search portal. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the issues I've had with a lot of the incredible CRMs I see. They're kind of out there on an island. And so but who, what, what, what is your search portal? You're saying you yourself, HomeSnap is that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's fully integrated with the app. So if someone's searching for a home, the agent knows about it within the app. If they get a lead, it's right in the app. 
and it's all automated and done gotcha. for them. And so we, we think that seamlessness is really, really important. Gotcha. Um, let me, let me ask you this uh, question. Are you, you're venture back, correct? Is that we are. Yeah. And are, is your funding sound? Are you in good shape? Are you, or do you have, to, are, do you have to raise money? Yes. Fortunately, we're, we're in great shape. Okay. Um, and we've kept all our employees and um, we're in great shape and we continue to, you know, build great software. And That's listen, great. Homestamp's a fortunate business where, because we're supported by the industry. We have incredible yeah. MLS partners. Who, who, you know, support us and support the software that we build. Uh, and we have incredible support from brokerages and agents. And so um, we're very lucky and, but we take our mission very seriously. Um, and this is, you know, I'm three and a half years into the real estate industry. I can see why people come in and never leave, including you, because yeah. it is a fascinating industry. And I'll tell you, the other thing is I've never been in an industry, I'm 49 years old, I've never been in an industry where the community is so strong. I mean, yeah. there's, there is hard-nosed competition, um, but at the end of the day, when everyone gets together at events, which are all the time, there's real community there. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think it, that is just really fascinating to me because it's gone in a lot of verticals. Oh, yeah. Well, the Inman community, as you know, is a million strong, and it's uh, it's awesome. What I, what I love about you, love this, the trolls and the critics, the name calling of Brad Inman, which I've been getting for thirty years because I've been in media <laughs> for a long time, and I'm used to it. But I don't always like it. But they all disappeared, and they they diverted to kindness and sweetness, and I kind of miss them. Well, this week, either for one of two reasons, we it's a data point for recovery, so we come back to normal. The normal is give Brad Inman shit. <laughs> uh, or this is we reached that peak stress week and so i put it on facebook and as a joke and there were two schools of thought no we have reached peak stress you know or um but anytime i put something up so it's kind of refreshing when they came back hey let's let's uh but you're I'd out like, there doing it you're out there yeah. doing it and, and i'd like to get you on stage and connect now you know we got a big event coming up it's all virtual and you're really good digitally you you know a lot of people are good on physical stages, but when they get on the digital, the small screen there, but you're really good. And you, you know, I love your reach out the local background. I wasn't altogether um, knowledgeable about that is, but what a, what a great experience uh, to bring to HomeSnap. I mean, that really valuable because that, that was a home run, you know? It really was it. I'll tell you the thing that I saw and is part of the mission of HomeSnap now is and it goes back to Zillow and Realtor and what have you. The thing that just get, wakes me up every single morning is there is a ton of traffic on Zillow. There is a ton of traffic on Realtor, but no disrespect, it is dwarfed by the amount of consumers looking for homes on Facebook and Google and other sites. And agents need to have a presence on these. This is their vehicle. We saw it, you saw it turn here, SMBs, and we saw it at Reach Local you know, the shift from the yellow pages into having an online presence. Yeah. And it's so important. And agents are smart and they're embracing it. And okay. I mean, that's why you see what's happened with Facebook with agents. And I am really excited for that because I think that that transition is in full force. There you go, man. Hey, this is a great interview. I wish we had more time. John, any last words to the Inman community? How to get through this summer? I think it's either a fun summer with more transactions than we thought, or I call it the dog days of COVID 2020 summer. What, what, what's your advice to the Inman community? How, how to you know, persevere through all this unbelievable change and anxiety? Well, I mean, what I tell myself and what 
our team tells us is the most important thing every morning is, is your mindset. Do you have a fear mindset or do you have a growth mindset? Stay connected, as you said. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed this and it's just so important you stay connected and um, be open to new things. The, the industry is gonna look different out of this. And so keep yourself informed and educated and open yourself up to try, look, try two, three things. I was just talking to a title company owner who's like, you know, 50% of my closings now are digital. It wasn't that way two months ago. I mean, things are changing. Yeah, I love that. So, I love that. You know, no one has to go through this paper mill to, to close a real estate deal. Hey, definitely. John, thank you so much for being here. Uh, if you don't know John Mazur, the CEO of Homestep, get to know him. And I suspect he's the kind of guy that's very accessible. So this is very Brad so. tuning out. Um, Come back and listen to the next edition of The Daily Dispatch.